0: I haven't had much experience with minorities in the technology world um, in this business. Uh, I did in some of my prior businesses and certainly did um, when I was a lawyer. Uh, I had clients who were uh, African-American who had started businesses that were technical uh, in nature. But I see more and more of that happening. Um, it's, It's not much different also with women in technology. I think there's a parallel in there. Um, and it's, it's something that needs to be uh, fostered, it needs to be encouraged, and um, if both government and private sectors need to be able to look at that resource uh, and make sure that we are able to use it fully. Um, it's hard to be an entrepreneur, so it doesn't matter what your race or creed or, or color is, um, all of us need encouragement. And I think if you happen to be a woman or African-American or, or a minority, um, having that encouragement kind of gives you a lot of boost to say, you know what, I'll, I will succeed. So I think everybody should try that. I think innovating a technology startup in, in the Midwest in most places um, is, is tough. Uh, you have the two coasts that attract uh, a lot of media attention and a lot of people, university attention. But uh, we do have a tremendous amount of technology in Wisconsin. You have the University of Wisconsin system and uh, you do have a number of very interesting projects um, in Milwaukee. So people are always uh, surprised that a uh, you know a little company in Mequon is building avatars that you know uh, Google and Apple aren't able to build. Uh, but part of what I chose to do was to not be geographically centric. Um, we have people in Milwaukee. We have people uh, all around the country. But we chose to be at a very young age, a global company. So I have people in 13 time zones. And I chose to bring talent uh, wherever I found it. So uh, interestingly enough, that also allowed me to find people who came to me because they were connected with other people. So I realized the power of the network and being able to find people around the world who understood what we were doing and wanted to kind of join in the journey. So we have people in Portugal, Istanbul, India, uh, Bristol, England. For a company that currently you know, is less than 50 people, that's a pretty amazing uh, workforce. So, <laughs> um, so I don't worry about being able to attract technology in Milwaukee as much as being able to attract really talented people. So I think with technology, um, if you don't bring the human aspects and you don't understand how it helps people um, actually solve a problem or change their lives, uh, it just becomes something that's of interest and becomes a fad. it becomes a passing thing so uh, Second life is an example where you know you had the opportunity to experience in a virtual world um, different things that perhaps you might not want to experience in the real world. Uh, it has a lot of power but it's it's a technology that's now fifteen years old and it never really took off and when you take a look at you know uh, companies like Myspace or others and you look at Facebook and you you ask why did one thrive and the other one not survive, um, I think a lot of it has to do with how the human touches uh, are incorporated into that technology. So uh, our company's tagline is the art and science of empathy. And when you bring empathy into healthcare, uh, you're bringing something very powerful. So people don't think about it as technology anymore. It's a way of getting an empathetic response, an empathetic um, solution to what you're trying to do or what your problem is. Well, that's a whole different way of approaching things. So humanities are a large part of our approach to technology. In America, the concept of robots and virtual characters has been uh, much more um, affiliated with the concept of cartoons and Disney and uh, movies. So the concept that a virtual character can actually help us or teach us or do something for us uh, has been very difficult to, to absorb. The other part that's very American uh, is that we have an abundance of resources and we have an abundance of things that, uh, and space. So when you look at countries like Japan or you look at countries like India that have less resources or less space, Uh, you start being more innovative on how you use those resources. We haven't had to do that, but now think about water. You know, as we start conserving water, we're starting to find a whole bunch of different ways in which we need to deal with the water shortages that occur outside of where we live, which is the Great Lakes. So um, I think virtual um, uh, avatars, virtual holograms, um, the ability to use robots, Um, will slowly make its way into our society, but it's also a level of trust. Um, As I mentioned, I came from India where there was a lot of person-to-person interaction. When I first started using the phone, I had a lot of difficulty actually understanding the emotion of the person at the other end of the line that I could normally pick up from face-to-face interactions. It took me a long time to build that skill.